Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. On today's podcast episode, my guest does not even need a last name because her first name is Sia, S-Y-Y-A, and her last name I cannot pronounce and I don't want to insult her by making an attempt. She is the co-founder of Innovation Media Enterprises. And when I asked her to provide a bio for me, she said, well, what do you get when you have a 20-year veteran of corporate America breaking free to be me? You get a podcast fanatic advocate and producer. No topic is off limits. If there's an opportunity to learn, it's like a free masterclass. And, but she adds, if anyone wants to talk about 80s and 90s alternative music, though, it's going to be a long episode, which we didn't do not talk about in this episode. In our interview, Sia spills the beans on B2B podcasting, the role of video and podcasting, and also provides some pretty outstanding tips on podcast strategies that you can implement right now. Let's jump right in. Welcome to my podcast, Sia. I know we're going to have so much fun today because we always talk and we always laugh and carry on probably way too much. <laughs> so, so this <laughs> will be <laughs> this will be an interesting. You're one of those people that the first time we met, it was like we've known each other our whole lives, which is so much fun. <laughs> On that note, in your bio, I have to address this because it was it, it was so interesting to me. Two hundred concert T-shirts. You said you have. Is this true? It is, is true. It was true, actually. So I have been on a boycott of doing laundry, and apparently it is 100% true. Like, I almost dare say it might be closer to 50. Like, I hate doing laundry as much as I can. And apparently the reason why I buy so many concert t-shirts is so I don't have to do laundry. <laughs> well, that's a good reason. I mean, I hey, I'm on board with that. But yeah, did you actually go to all the concerts or you just get, you collect the t-shirts? No, I, wow. I okay. am hardcore. I've been to so many concerts. That is my, that's my happy space. That's my way to relax. Oh, Okay. Yeah. I haven't been to one since Aerosmith back in, I don't know, when they were still young enough to be on stage. I mean, um, these guys, yeah, they're, they're not they're not in the best of shape anymore. But, and speaking of like your background, tell me a little bit about how did you go from corporate? You said you spent 20 years in corporate to podcasting. It seems like such a huge difference. Like what happened? Uh, well, getting fired. I'm kidding. No, I didn't get fired, but I did. I did get rift. So I was in tech sales. And quite frankly, with technology at the time and where the client that I was supporting, we were just in transition and there was just no purchasing going on. Mm -hmm. So they were downsizing a lot of our teams. And so the company I was with said, hey, would you like to take a package or possibly, you know, go to another team? And at that point, Linda, I was breaking out into hives um, every forecast call because there was no way I was going to be able to hit this quota that they expected us to perform because, mm -hmm. you know, the industry was in a slump, like it, industry was down. So it was just something out of my control. And what I realized about myself was, I think I had fulfilled my time. I enjoyed my time, loved the experience. I just lost that passion. Yeah. And 
And so I said, look, you know what? I'll take the package. And so what I ended up doing was going on a soul searching vacation trip for a year and a half. I went to five different wonderful locations around the world. And um, my partner, what became my business partner, called me up, said, hey, you need to get up off your you know what, because you do need to work at some point because she knew (laughs) I have champagne traveling tastes on a zero income budget. So I really need to figure out what the heck to do with myself. So she came back one day. He's like, dude, I've got an idea. Let's do a podcast. And I said, well, if we're going to do a podcast, I want to do it around technology because that's my network. And we we had a very successful podcast, but you can't have CIOs and CTOs in your closet while you're recording. So we looked for a studio and that literally facilitate our business, Innovation Media Enterprises, and kind of nudged us down the path of podcast production. So wow. that's what we do. And when was that? So how long have you been podcasting? Uh, 2018. Okay. So yeah. And uh, the business itself from the production perspective really didn't kick off until 2019. And of course the pandemic happened, which ironically enough grew our business. I would think. Yeah. 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 People yeah. Were stuck at so, home. Yeah. I think it, it, yeah, it helped a lot of businesses that were in that, like, okay, now I'm home. I can't go anywhere. So what am I going to do? I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to read books, like all that, you know, I'm going to take an online course. Those are some of the businesses I think that really took off, you know? So, so when it comes to B2B, what do you see B2B companies doing? Like, are they just starting to get on the podcast wagon? Do you think there's still a lot they're lagging behind? And what are they doing right and wrong with it? Those who are in it. Yeah, I hear you on that. I think the pandemic accelerated B2B to accept the concept of a podcast, whether it's audio or digital. I would say there was a difference, a bigger differentiation pre-pandemic. Now we're in a post-pandemic world where podcast does include a video component now. Mm-hmm. So the traditional definition of a podcast is something that's it's an, it's, it's a MP3 file that's distributed across an RSS feed. That's my technical, that's all technical I'll get. But think <laughs> of it as a one-to-many, meaning you load up your file once and then the hosting platform will distribute it out and push it out. So that mm-hmm. will go to your Spotify's, iTunes, Google Podcasts of the world, right? Okay. Now, the pandemic, though, really increased that desire for interaction and facial like recognition with one another, right? So that's where the video component comes into play. And that's where you see things like videos getting posted on YouTube or Twitch and all that stuff, right? That's a one-to-one association. That means you put your video file up onto that specific platform because mm-hmm. YouTube ain't going to push out that video to other people's platforms. They want everybody right. on their own platform. So that's a real big difference. And I want to make sure everyone understands the difference between that. Mm-hmm. B2B, once they understood that value, then they start embracing the concept of podcasting much more readily. Just now, they knew they could get the word out to more people. Yes. Yeah. And it's if you think about it, it's bang for your buck, right? right. Podcasts are, were designed to be a lower threshold of production to get your message out. Now, right. if you want to do like the Oprah Winfrey set that I, you know, I see so many other businesses doing, that's a different production level. Now mm-hmm. you're going into actual video production. Mm-hmm. So there is a delineation in your budget. And that's why I specifically say podcast, we are serving a niche space according to budgets of businesses that are willing to invest. Now, Mm -hmm. if you have a bigger budget, that's a different story. And obviously we can help with that as well, but there is a big difference between the two. Yeah. Now, how people do it right and wrong businesses, look, people's it's natural. What you're seeing here and everyone in social media and all the different platforms, what we're really seeing is podcasts are not ads. 
Mm-hmm. So don't treat your podcast as a, so we make the best cup in the nation. And this is why you look at the cup, look at the material. Right. Oh, are there cups feel that clinking? Really? Yes. I mean, again, with my like background. Infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but I got to tell you, like Linda, I, my, a lot of our clients are tech technology. So they lead with product over the actual use like value of it as you know of why i would care to use it and listen right. to you so there's a lot of coaching on that that still needs to happen mm-hmm. now don't don't get me wrong there is a need for podcasts that talks about the design mm-hmm. the materials to use and all that stuff but that's a niche audience right, right? so right. you got to know who your audience is and that is a mistake that i think a lot of businesses yep. make is they don't know who their audience is yeah yeah who the hell exactly. are you talking to Right. I hear that all the time. Yeah. As a copywriter, it's like one of the questions I ask is like, who's, you know, who's your target audience? And a lot of times it's this all encompassing, like they might as well say everyone kind of thing. And it's like, okay, let's start with that because that, that is not, everyone is no one. It means you're not targeting anyone. So what about like strategies? So you said that, you know, before I even get to that, I want to clarify one thing. So RSS feeds, I was listening to actually, ironically, a podcast this morning where the person was talking about the 11 places that you should upload your podcast. So it was a Spotify, it was Google, it was Apple. And do you think that's necessary if you have an RSS feed? So what is, does that take away the the need to do all that individually? Well, no. So yeah, so there's, okay. The RSS feed is the mechanism to deliver the audio file period. Now there is what we have hosting partners, platforms, they just—they are the ones that distribute to all of those eleven different uh, endpoints, if you will. So that the players, um, there's a word that like I always forget to use. That's technical in the term, but basically is this: the hosting platform, depending on the service that you go with, will mm-hmm. push it out to those platforms. Either do it easily for you and then automate it, or you could house your own server to be your own hosting platform. And then you would have to manually push it up and out every single time yourself. Mm-hmm. So the hosting platforms offer convenience to deliver that mechanism. Now, in the initial setup, you do have to create an account. You can't just assume that your podcast will go out to Spotify if you haven't created a Spotify account, right? right, right. So there is the initial one-time setup. But then after that, okay. it should be automated. So I think that particular individual, if I'm understanding what you said correctly, is they're saying these 11 locations, 11 <laughs> locations, how, how does one do 11? You don't, I don't have know. enough fingers. I don't know. I'll hold up one. You hold up 10. There we go. <laughs> there well, we go. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I'm not flexible enough. Ain't no toe going up in a second. Here. <laughs> but no, but I think what they're trying to say is whatever hosting platform you're with, make sure you're on those 11, you know, oh, I don't know why I'm brain farting on the word here, but on the players, right? So, okay. And there's catchers that will push it out as well. So there's like different, there's again, sub-delineation, but yes, I okay, think that's what they're saying. It. So like, in other words, I'm on Anchor and it's mm-hmm. it distributes and I had to manually put in Apple. I had to sign up with Spotify. So that's what, okay, I got it. I mean, that. thank you for clarifying that. that yeah. Just, yeah. You know, yeah, some, some some platforms will integrate it easier than others. Mm-hmm. So, but you still have to do the initial legwork setup. And okay. then they and then your platform will, you know, whatever, depending on what kind of APIs that they've plugged in with that, you know, other player. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I don't know why I cannot see that. I don't know why I'm not. I'll just say the word player whenever you player. stop talking. <laughs> I know, right? 
player. And you know what okay. pops up? <laughs> you know what's popping up in my head when I say player? I'm like player. <laughs> player. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> It's a different pronunciation. Sorry, yeah. Linda. Sorry, oh, Linda. That's so funny. But no, that explains it because, yeah, as I said, I'm on Anchor and every time I upload an episode, it does automatically go out to Apple and go out, but I have to add on these other ones. And so speaking of things like that, so what other strategies do should B2B implement to get their podcasts, like to have bigger impact, reach a larger audience? Right. So I think number one is always why you got to know why you're doing this and who your target audience is. Okay. Because once you know those two, A, it'll keep you motivated because as a podcaster, as you'll know, it's it's sometimes a slow burn to get the traction you need. And so you need something to constantly motivate you to mm-hmm. continue put, to produce really good content in order for it to catch, if that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And in order to make it catch, you need to know who you're talking to and why they care. Right. right? So there are different methodologies, if you will, to ensure that your podcast gets up and out there. But again, number one is picking the right platform. Okay. So your podcast will always sit on the Spotify's of the world, but how are you going to get that message over there? So if your audience is uh, tends to gear towards a lifestyle, then I would highly suggest promoting on TikTok, Instagram, and leveraging the shorts. Right. So Instagram shorts, the short reels. If you've got a YouTube channel, do shorts, YouTube shorts, create another channel of nothing but your shorts and then funnel it back to your site, funnel it back to your website, funnel it back to whatever call to action that you have and that and make sure all of the platforms that you're choosing is focused. Don't just spit out and say, I'm going to put it on every single platform. Mm -hmm. Unless you have the resources, if you've got the resources and have at it, but I know most businesses I would suggest pick one or two platforms to start right. where your unless, audience is at. Unless you're Gary V and you have and like the, a team that that's all they do. Exactly. Cause so, yeah. I, I seen too many like one man teams and I'm like, Ooh, good luck. I know. Well, effort. you're looking at one of them. <laughs> right. Right. And that's where we it's come to hard. play. Yeah, it's no, that's a, where we come yeah. to play those. We help with that as well. So we'll produce those shorts and then you push it out however you want to, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So you don't have yeah. to worry about the, the content itself physically, but yeah. Social media is not easy. No, it's not. And and the whole thing with TikTok is like, I haven't gotten on there yet because I want to make sure I can do it. And my podcast editor has shown me like an example of what it would look like. Because I every week I take a podcast episode like this one and I will take out specific points that I try to get it to like 60 seconds, sometimes up to three minutes. And I'll put them on LinkedIn. Um, I will, if I'm having a good week, I'll put it on YouTube. I just, there's just only so much bandwidth, you know, that, that people have. And I just, I run out of time and, and I figure, okay, as long as it's up, the podcast is out, I get on LinkedIn. Those are my two things, but TikTok eventually I will. I, I still am not hundred percent on well, board with it. So I would recommend if you want, your editor can like edit down and then like, at least you have the contents. All you gotta do is just load it up, load it up, load it up as mm-hmm. you have time. Right. And that's the thing is if you know who your audience is and where they're at, there's also forgiveness of it being imperfect too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's the other thing too. I recommend businesses to understand we're looking for personality. That's mm-hmm. we're in a personality driven culture now with social media. If yeah. you can't figure out what your brand and personality is and you want to be that stiff upper lip, I say own it. That's fine. Right. But you know what? It's okay to be a banker that has a personality. 
You know, yeah. it's okay to be a lawyer. I mean, if anything that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial has shown us is that lawyers have personalities, you know, and, and that's okay. And it doesn't affect them and their, your trust and their ability to be a lawyer. Right. So whatever it is that you do, if you're a dentist, practice, you know, and you are always an aspiring comedian, this is your opportunity to do it. Have fun. Yeah, it was have my old fun. dentist. <laughs> my old dentist was a wannabe stand-up comic and he would always come in with jokes. And, but sometimes it's like, you know, I'm in pain. I just want, I want this tooth taken care of. I really don't want to hear an imitation of Joe Pesci or whatever he's doing that day, but it did make me laugh. And he said, you know, he was in like, we always used to exchange like recommendations for the latest stand-up comic and like Nate Borgazzi was somebody that I've recently started following who's hilarious by the way. And so, you know, we would do that. So yeah, it's true. You don't have to be like, Bland. And what's interesting to me is when I interview clients and I'm doing like I do value propositions for them. Mm-hmm. And I always ask one of the many questions like, what, how do you see the personality of your brand? Most of the time they say fun or easygoing. And I'm thinking to myself, there is nothing in your brand right now that says that, which is why it makes me happy because it's like now I know I can help them. If that's how they see it. It's not how people are seeing it. So what you're saying is really just put yourself out there and don't be afraid of not, you know, of turning people off because it won't. I mean, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. And, and, and like I said, there's perfection and imperfection. Everyone, I strongly encourage you to just do it because if you don't, your competition is. Right. Exactly. Well, and what about your, do you have a process, like something that's kind of basic to put together a podcast like that you follow. I do. Thank you very much for asking. And and we do, because how many times have we had wine with our friends, beers, whiskeys, whatever, and we're (laughs) laughing our butts off going, we should record this. This would have been a funny podcast, right? The actual recording of it is the easy part. So what's not so much fun and it's pretty much why I exist. It's the pre-planning part of it, right? It's the strategy around it. How does it fit within your corporate overall strategy? Podcasts are just a tool. It's just another little, you know, quiver in your arrow to get your message out as an organization, right? And so the first thing I already mentioned to it is you got to know why you're doing this. And this is if you're a personal brand, it's for your personal personality or for your corporate brand. Your why is not oh, because I want a million downloads or I want a thousand followers or I want 15 leads by the end of this month. Those are what's, those are what KPIs are, right? Why, and I, I've decided this is the ultimate description, is what your why is what makes you cry. Meaning you have to have an emotional connection mm-hmm. to that motivation. It's the fuel to get your, you know what, up and out of bed when you know you have to produce some level of content for that week. And if you didn't do, you know, uh, the planning part where, as I'm kind of jumping ahead, is if you didn't plan your time accordingly, then you start getting that stressful of, I got to produce something this week or else I've got nothing going on. We can fix that. But your why is your fire and fuel. It's your emotional why. So just an example, Linda, the reason why I have a podcast a production company is when I was soul searching myself those that year and a half, I discovered genealogy. And I just, and I learned after your grandparents' name, when you get to the great grandparents' name, you become nothing but a birth date, death date, and a name. Mm-hmm. 
no personality, no soul, no laughter, no emotional ties, unless you've got a family that actually keeps record of that, we just become vapor, right? And so for me, we have the tools to record you. We have the ability for you to look at, in a hundred years from now, we have digital content where they're going to look at Linda and go, oh, Aunt Linda was a pretty bad ASS woman. Look at her laugh. Look how gorgeous. Look at she, you know, here's what she likes. Here's what she doesn't like. And that's why I am inspired to help people create their podcast because I know I'm helping their legacy. So that's my why. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So find that emotional connection because that will continue the process and drive you forward. Second, you got to know your audience. Like I mentioned before, if you talk into a Canyon, anyone will hear you. Mm-hmm. Right. But is that the right audience that you want to actually follow you through? Because if you have a good audience, you build a community, right. right? And that community will rally around you and they will also support you. And they're very loyal to whatever call to action it might be. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is the first two. I always tell them, go home. Thank you for talking to me. Go home and figure that out. When you figure that out, come back to me because then that's when you can actually shape your podcast. So you have to know what your topic is. What's your, what is the purpose and theme of that podcast. If you know why you're doing something and who you're talking to, your topics will come up right more naturally. That's exactly what's been happening with mine. Yeah. Right. And then write it down. And when you're looking at that, most people will go deep fast, try to pull it up. So you, you have themes ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a way to help kind of bring it up such that if you do get stuck for whatever reason, you know, thematically what you're looking for, and then you can find the topics and re-engage from that. So again, you have to figure out exactly, you know, what the shape is. And then of course, the number four thing is what's your format, dude. Is it going to be like you and me where we're just conversating, which I never thought it was a word by the way, but apparently it is. It is. Conversate is conversing. I thought it was a word, but apparently someone told me it's a word. Anyway, do you want to do now. a solo? Is it a interview style? Is it a solo? Is it a panel? Is it a mixture? Is it a, do you want higher production levels and production values where it's, it's a story of a voiceover with the interview, you know, with other imagery, B-roll footage, et cetera, right? There are podcasts that are much more elaborate, right? Oh, yeah. So you have to figure out that too, because what that will ultimately determine for you is then the time it takes that you want to dedicate. How much time do you really right. want to dedicate to this? Because there's planning. Or right. if you're like me, no planning. But that's also because- Somehow it works. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been in sales for 20 years. I'm pretty confident I'm a good BSer, right? I'll make something, I'll figure it out along the way. That is a skill though. So I don't encourage people to BS it like I do half the time. So, right. so how much time are you willing to research? Write it down. Do you know your style? Mm-hmm. That's that's as a host, mm-hmm. you got to know your style. And I think um, some of that can develop over time too, right? As far correct. as correct does. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And don't let that be the inhibitor. So, okay, you're writing this down. Okay. And then frequency. How often do you want to put your content out there? Right. If you know you're not going to do it weekly, daily, weekly, or bi weekly, then my suggestion is consider doing a season. So, meaning yeah. you know you have a finite start and stop. Mm-hmm. And that way you market it appropriately to your audience to say next 12 episodes, I'm going to be talking about blah. And then that way it gives you an out in a way to, if you don't like it, retool it, pivot, Mm -hmm. give yourself a break. Yeah. Right. And then the last part of it is, is if you know, if you're going to do it weekly, biweekly, daily, whatever, how long you're going to do it for, you have to consider the time. 
And the way you'll know how long to talk for based on your audience. Yeah. Right. Your audience will dictate. So I have a business-based podcast. I know I should keep it under 20 minutes just because most of my audience are CEOs. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, or you've got the casual listener who might listen to you for an hour and a half, two hours, like Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just, again, you have to know that and figure that out yourself. Yeah. And those are like, those are the questions I, I, I ask our clients and then each time, and that's the step where we sit down and we work through. And then of course your KPIs, what are your KPIs on this? And is it measurable? Mm-hmm. Just real quick. What do you recommend for frequency? Like I'm doing these weekly, which seems to be like, I actually really enjoy doing the podcast. So I don't mind doing it weekly. And I have kind of a system now is that, but I know other people, uh, Chris Walker, you know, and there's other big marketing people that do like, three, but he's got a team too. But I mean, is there any particular rules that you suggest? Uh, you know what? If we all had the perfect answer to that, we'd all be billionaires, right? <laughs> uh, the truth of the matter is this. If you're trying to develop your brand, first off, if you want to gain credibility, grow a community, right? Um, establish who the hell you are from the big jump. Like wh- what are you as a brand? Then you really need to have some level of consistent frequency. Mm-hmm. Less than bi-weekly, you're not going to build a community because people forget you right. in an hour, right? So if you're only posting once a month, I assure you, ain't no one listening to you, yeah. okay? Because you're not, you, we just forget, right. you know? Even if you hit that like, subscribe and notify, it's still once a month, right? So what I recommend is batch recording too. For those that are very like strained on time or concerned, mm-hmm. record two, three episodes all at once. That way, if you're doing a weekly, you've got three months or three weeks of episodes up and out. I also recommend though too, is have shows in the can before you even hit live, go live. That way, because life happens, you can skip a couple of weeks and still have stuff going that you're not freaking out over. Oh my God, I got to wake up and record. Right. So I do recommend batch recording. It saves time people. The only time I don't recommend batch recording is if you have a daily live show and obviously live stream, you can't. (laughs) Right. So yeah. Like it's a little crazy, right? Well, I want to be respectful of your time. Where can people find you and find out more about your, your company and your business? Yeah, no, thank you so much. I'm always on LinkedIn. So you can always find me, see a Yasso Tornat. If you just type in S-Y-Y-A, I assure you, I'll be the first one to pop up. <laughs> now, if someone decides to take my name, which apparently some singer who sings out chandeliers has my name, but spells it wrong. If you, sp- if you spell S-Y-Y-A, you will find me, Google me. I don't think the Swedish Yo-Yo Association exists anymore, so it should be me. <laughs> pop up. Or even if you misspell my name and podcasts, that should pop up as well. But my company is innovationmediaenterprises.com. Um, and uh, you should be able to find me. You can find me on Twitter eh, at I am S Yasso, as well as Instagram, I am S Yasso. Thank you so much for your time today, Sia. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Linda. I love, love talking to you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.